Welcome to episode 836 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team, welcome along to episode 836 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm good. I'm pretty excited about this week, Bevan. It's going to be a Collins Cup preview special. Oh, here we go. The Collins Cup preview special. I'm talking is proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons Mark, the Missile Scudamore, Paul, the Swindler Tuck. We've got Michael, you've either Super Hot Rod or Sylvester Perot. Yes. He can choose. He can choose. So important. He's got two nicknames. He's got options. We've got news. We've got the Collins Cup. The Collins Cup in caps because it's a big week. And then we've also got uh, Coach's Corner, Winger of the Week, and Questions and Answers. Okay, news. We're recording the show. I'm away in Australia, basically. I'm jumping up and down for Les Mills. Mm-hmm. And then I'm meeting my daughter. I'm going to Hamilton. We would have been. Oh, right. We yeah. went to Hamilton tonight. Not, I was thinking, you're going to Hamilton? That's in New Zealand. You know what? You say that to people because in New Zealand, we've got a, a city called Hamilton. And it's probably, what would you say, our fifth biggest city? Fourth. Christchurch? Yeah. Oh, Auckland Christchurch? Yeah. Wellington? Yeah. Dunedin? I reckon Hamilton's bigger than Dunedin. Oh, here's a question we're going to know the answer to. <laughs> okay, we're, Dunedin we're, population. Apologies, international listeners. We need, we're, we're running low on time today. Dunedin, for Dunedin's pretty small. Dunedin's a great place. Uh, student town. Okay, so Dunedin population, okay, is 115,000. Hamilton Population, 2022, oh, 776. That can't be right. <laughs> That's Canada. <laughs> Hamilton, Canada. They used to have a uh, they used to have a triathlon World Cup race in Hamilton, Canada. Oh, there you go. With well, 700,000 people watching it. Oh, seven, 178. So 60,000 more people in Hamilton. That was all right. Ding, ding. So there you go. Oh, but. Oh, no. That, Let's get off Monica this. City. Manuka City, yeah. Is that part of what's that's Auckland? It's Auckland. It's Great yeah. Auckland. Great Auckland. Okay, there you go. People love that. People yeah. love knowing the population of New Zealand. Yeah. Cities. <laughs> team of five million. <laughs> the team of five million. Okay, so we've got you know, so I'm away. I'm in Hamilton. Then gonna go show watch the show Hamilton. Uh so we haven't really got much news about what's happened over the last week. But we let's look at what's happening in the races. Brownlee is trying to get to Kona. Pretty late in the piece. He's doing which race to get there, John? Doing Ironman Kalmar in Sweden. It's a male-only pro race, uh, and along with one other race this weekend, I think it might be the last chance to qualify. Now, Brownlee did race a 70.3 a couple of weeks ago in Swansea. I think it was two it. weeks ago. Yep. Won it quite convincingly. Uh, so he looks like he's in pretty reasonable shape in the swim bike. It's just going to be... You, now, thinking back, did you look at the splits? A couple of weeks ago? Yeah, he was pretty dominant across the board. He ran like a 109. Okay, uh, okay. It was something like that. So it's a good run for him. And he said he was button, buttoned off towards the end once he knew he had it pretty comfortably. So, yeah, it's one of those things. If he's fit, if the nutrition goes okay, he's going to smoke it and just waltz in. But if he has any challenges, it's all over over. So, um who knows who's going to be turning up to this race, but you've got Patrick Nilsson and Rasmus Svensson, who are both hometown athletes from Sweden. Neither of them have qualified for Kona. So Patrick Nilsson, when he's on, like he's seeded to to take this out, when he's on, he's really good. But he is a massive DNFer. He has quite a lot <laughs> a of DNFer. Uh, and Rasmus Svensson uh, is 
also he's a, a real weapon on the bike so he may ride up to those guys um, and then you've also got Franz Lotsky in there and Cameron Wirth uh, so if they all turn up it's a great field so let's wait and see in terms of um, what athletes do at this event it's on and off whether it's a male uh, or female pro race um, last time we had the event uh, in 2019 it was a Boris Stein took it out in 7.49, seems pretty smoking fast. Uh, 2018, Corin Abraham took out the females. And prior to that, in 2017, uh, Clement Alonzo McKerner took it out. Uh, You're Cameron Worth there as well. Yeah, I know, I've said that. Oh, did you? Yeah, Sorry, I missed it. Yeah. So last time in 2019, Boris Stein swam a 49, rode a 4.03 Jeez. Uh, and ran a 2.53 to win by two minutes over Denny Chevro and Matthias Pedersen in third place. And last time it was a female pro race was the year before, uh, so there's no females this year. Corinne Abraham took that out. She did 57 minutes swim, 4.34 on the bike, 3.09 run for a really awesome 8.45. Don't see her racing anymore, so I'm assuming that she has retired. One thing to say, it's a massive male pro field. There's no female pros here. But we've got nearly 60... Oh, you have nearly 70. Yeah, nearly 70 pro males. Yeah. yeah. You don't see that often, do you? You do not. Now, admittedly, a lot of them aren't of a... You know, or at least based on try rating, aren't hugely fast pro athletes. But I don't think... When was the last time we saw 70, 70 men field? No. Uh, Michael Raylert's in there, as is Adam Hansen, the former pro cyclist. Um Stefan Schumacher is Never also in there. He, he was a formerly a pro cyclist. Anthony Costas. So this is a, if they all turn up, this is a good field. Pierre van Vlerken. Um, is this because it's the last chance to get to Kona? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. There's only two slots. There's only going to be two slots. So, you know, you'd think that the front few are going to take them out. It's a fast course. Um, what's the prize money? So it's only 50,000 prize money, paying 10 deep. I just think it's that time in the season, probably the last sort of one of the last male pro races of the season. So maybe you did a mid-season and this is your your last hurrah. So yeah, go you good things. Let's see a good race. Yeah, okay. Mount um, Tremblant happens as well, and it is a, both a male and a female race. Cody Bills is ranked to take it out, quite well, not comfortably, but looking to take it out. Tobias Dale, Dale Thompson in second. David, please. Now he's down for the other race as well. So there's an asterisk next to him. Yeah, and Josh Amberg is there along with Matt Russell, Justin Metzler. We've got our Kiwi Jack Moody who hasn't done heaps of Iron Distance races. So, How good is he? Uh, he's a really good runner. He's a pretty shitty swimmer, um, yep. but he's a really good runner, um, but hasn't really shown shown it yet at Iron Distance race. So it's a 14% of a typical kind of field. Two, fa- two male, two female slots, $100,000 paying 10 deep. Uh, so yeah, should be a good, good side on the good on the boys' side. Um, one debut we're going to see there is Colin Chartier, who he's a good sort of seventy point three athlete. Did the Collins Cup last year and acquitted himself quite well. Uh, so he could be one that might uh, sort of be in the mix on the female side. Um, not the strongest field, but quite a competitive field in terms of you know a lot of them are, are really close. So you've got Lindsay Corbin predicted to go uh, nine twenty uh, and down eighth place. Uh, Angela Neath 9.35, so only sort of a 15-minute spread there. So 
might see some some good racing. I'm pretty sure it's Lindsay Corbin's sort of last uh, year of racing. So go your good thing. Chloe Lane is seeded number two. Jen Arnett is seeded number three. And Cody Beale's given a 59% chance of winning this race, according to Torsten. And on the female side, Torsten's giving Jen Arnett a 27% chance of taking it out. Jess Torsten does good work. You're a good work, and it's a lot of effort you put into these things. Um, okay, so let's look at the quiz question this week. So John's quiz question is, who was third place? Actually, I came up with this question, didn't I, John? You did. You, yeah. t- you claim it. We'll call it Bevan's quiz question. Bevan's quiz question is, who was third place in both the males and females race at the Collins Cup last year? Now, obviously, it was, it was head-to-head racing, but what we're looking for is the third fastest, fastest times in both the male and and the female. Mm. And I think whilst they were all individual races, I think the conditions were probably didn't really change much between no. between them. And it was a bit of an individual time trial for a lot of them because you know you are racing for time. That being said, some of them had people to sort of peg off, some were just time trialling off the front. But just a little indicator. Who was the fast third fastest male and third fastest female Collins Cup last year? Because this is the Collins Cup super special. Well we're not allowed to look at the results then, are we? Yeah. Well, are we yeah. Okay, pick your answers now. Because you've got, you've got oh, yeah. last year's results. Okay. Because the first thing, so the next link we if, see is last year's results. If you want to take your guess now, do it, pause the show. Yep. Female side, third place, and I know this, is oh, Emma Pallant Brown. Uh, okay. And on the oh. male side. So it was, it was, Virginia was first. Yeah. And it was um, Eden second. Yeah. Do you know this? Uh, no, I don't. Did Braden get no Braden? No, Braden was quite slow. Yeah, I'm going uh, Daniel Beckingard. He won cool. his race. Who is it? Anyone else who? So others had really Sanders, good. Events. Sanders, Sanders, Sanders had a really, really good race to win his his uh, his, yeah, his, his, his sort of match, but he was slow because he'd done Ironman the weekend before. That's right, and he smashed it the Ironman. But he uh, but he did guts it out and and did win his race, which was very impressive. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I can't even think of other names. Cha-ching. Okay. Got it right. Beckingard. Daniel Beckingard. Okay. He so. was uh, fourth. Surprisingly, Ben Canute was, he, Daniel Beckingard was third. Ben Canute was fourth. Um, I'm pretty sure they were in the same match together. So, and somewhat surprising as well. Sam Appleton was fifth. Jackson Laundrie, sixth. Now, what about females? Um, females was Emma Pallant Brown behind Taylor oh, Nib and oh, Lucy so I Charles. I didn't know she was second. Taylor Nib just crushed yeah, she did, everybody, but like, she won by f- over three and a half minutes. That was impressive. Okay, well, what's going to be impressive, John, is this weekend we have the race happening again. So we're going to break down what it's all about. So the first thing to say is there's 12 races in total. They have six male races, six female races, and one athlete from each region. So it's three people in each race. So it's head-to-head, but three people racing. Yep, the start times, I looked at the schedule, slightly different to last time. The women are kicking off at 1 o'clock, and then the men are kicking off at 2.20. Last year it was 3 o'clock, so I'm wondering, they're either going to have more crossover, and there wasn't much crossover from last year from memory, uh, or they're going to have sort of shorter gaps between sort of setting off each match. I can't remember how long the gap was. I can't remember, but I'm going to say it was five minutes or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was the, the enough, constant flow wasn't there. Yeah, it was enough that they, they weren't going to catch each other up, I don't think. Um, so for us Kiwis, it kind of sucks because it's going to be 11 o'clock at night. Um, the UK, it's 12 o'clock. This is Saturday, New Zealand time. 
Uh, that'll be Sunday, New Zealand. Saturday night, New Zealand time. Everywhere else, it's Saturday. I'm going to be in Australia, so it works for me. Yeah, noon uh, noon in the UK, 7 o'clock Eastern time, 4 a.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Uh, Sydney time. Uh, and it looks like, in terms of being able to watch it, and again, we've pre-recorded this, so it may have changed by the time we actually get to the event. Um, but if you're in, in sort of Europe or continental Asia, you're going to need to have uh, Eurosport or Discovery Plus or GCN Plus. So GCN Plus is pretty inexpensive to get. So if you are keen to watch this, go and get on it. For the rest of the world, um, it looks like <laughs> it, we, it's free. It, 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 it it's not suck. free. Um, but the rest of us should be able to watch it via the, P, the PTO platform. Is it not free? It's free for us. That's what I mean. Yes. That's what I mean. It's like for the rest of the world, it's free. Like. Yeah. It is a well, that'll of... teach you for living in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so, Harsh. Yeah. So there you go. You guys... Oh, no, no, no. They've got on demand everywhere. Free global access to watch countdown shows, opening credits. Oh, no. no that's Highlights just... and race replays. Yeah, okay. You want to watch it live. Eurosport's got the got it, got the rights. Or the uh, and I, I get it. It's a funny one, isn't it? Mm. Because you want them to make money. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty fairly priced. Mm-hmm. And so all good. But if you're not, if you're, you know, you can use it as a VPN, but I don't know, support the sport if you can. So I want to have a look at what happened last year in terms of the matches. So we, we mentioned sort of the fastest times before. Um, so how it sort of panned out last year and the end results. I think my <laughs> <laughs> you might not have heard that. Apparently the heat has been turned off. I'm okay. I've got a blankie over me. Uh, so last year, Team Europe took it out. They got 42 and a half points. Uh, Team Internationals was second. Oh no, was third with 25.5. And somewhat surprisingly, Team USA were leading for, for quite a while with 31 and a half points. Uh, so the way it's going to, the way it happens for, for those of you that didn't sort of watch all the action last year, um, prior to the event, they'll have a sort of a you know, a pick, pick, pick all your matches. So last year, the way it worked was the US um, went first for the the first match. They picked someone, then Europe picked someone, and then the internationals picked someone, and then they just start rotating around. So it is gonna. It was intriguing last year, and I'm really intrigued to see what happens. Who you line up against? Who? I well, s- even like you were talking last week on the show about Hayden Wild going against either like an Eden or something like that. You know, where you know you put him against pretty much the top of the other team. Mm. You know, like do you go with because one thing they've done well is the time penalties make a big difference. Because mm. it was just who wins. You, you try to put your, be your best guy against your weakest guy mm. or their weakest people. But the fact that you've got to minimise the damage does co- bring a cool dynamic to the racing. And last year we did see some interesting picks when we looked at that, don't we? We did. And what made the difference last year in a lot of the cases was, was the time difference. So you had quite a few different winners you know like Europe won quite a few of the races but you did have some some others where the the internationals won but often what happened with the internationals was their wins were fairly often or their points were not big bonus ones so the ones that really crushed it last year were Taylor Nib. she won by 16 minutes yeah. over and what was the, where's the points again where does it work so the the maximum you can score is six points okay um and so you get three points for first place, yep. two for second, one for third. And then it's a time bonus. So every two minutes that you beat your competitors by, you get half a point. 
So it's two minutes to second, whoever's second and third, and so that's where it really layers up. So if you have a... Um, Wait a second, so you have to be two minutes ahead of both of them? Well, I yeah. You, oh, yeah. you basically be two minutes so ahead of second. You, if you've got somebody who finishes within two minutes of you in second, then you don't get any bonus yeah. points to them. So it's basically two second, really, isn't it? But no, then to third, if third's like... 12 minutes behind or more than 6 minutes behind you're getting the bonus points to, to that person oh, really? and second place will get the bonus points to that oh, person okay. as well okay. so you really have to the time gaps are really really important um, and we saw that in some of the races last year so in match number 3 on the female side there was uh, Jackie Herring took that out and she was Great 2 race. minutes 23 to Anne Haag so she got a bonus point there um, but then she was only three minutes and twenty four in front of Jenny Metzler, so she won't get a, Why do they bo- keep a bonus it? there. Like Taylor Nib, well, you know, she only got six points, she won by sixteen minutes. Yeah, I guess it could be if you have a mechanical or someone who completely explodes maybe somebody but pulls a hand. It is a game, but then it might if that happens in the first race and you get like somebody gets fifteen points, it's like it's all over. You've got to keep the excitement there. I think what you could have is you could have a you get to drop one off. You know, you can take your worst score off right. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so you, that does count for that. But mate, European domin- dominates the whole thing. Mm. Well, if you Taylor Nibber got two points for every, so so overall last year, the overall points, the European team got 42.5, American team got 31.5, and the international's got 25.5. Now, if Taylor Nibber got two minutes for every, a point, was it 0.5 for every? 0.5 for every two minutes. So she would have got, so she was 16 minutes ahead. So she probably got, she probably got nine points. Mm. A lot more. Yeah. yeah. Like, why shouldn't she? Mm. I don't get no. why they cap it. Mm. You know, now, and I'm, I'm sure the Europeans would probably, because there would have been other races where people would have got more points as well. Um, so Gustav Eden was the other one that really yeah, he won by seven it. minutes. He won by seven minutes uh, to both. So he probably com- got seven, or seven and a half points. Mm. Oh, no, why cap it? Yeah, so. And, and yeah, I get what you're saying, but you, maybe each team could take the, one of their worst off. You've just given Torsten a job there. Torsten, why don't you run last year's numbers? Yeah, yeah actually. And, yeah, that's and, a really good question. And, and work it out. How would it change the dynamic? Mm. Because why, why are you being punished for being so dominant? Mm-hmm. You know, like she, so she kicked It's not you're being punished, you're not being rewarded. Yeah, well, you're, yeah. you are being punished, aren't you? Yeah. You know, your team's being punished because your performance is like, oh, it's too good. Yeah, so... Um, We'll go back to those results a couple more times, I think. In terms of substitutions, we did see this last year. If people get injured, um, there's going to be the world long-distance triathlon champs are on the same weekend. So the the Collins Cup is on Saturday, and then the world long-distance tri-champs are on the Sunday, which is convenient because then you've got all the next athletes that have missed out, or not all, a good number of them will be strongly encouraged to be there, and they can sub in. And one of those that did that last year was Colin Chartier, uh, and he subbed in for Rudy von Berg, who was injured. And no doubt we're going to see some some other injuries that prevent athletes from uh, from rocking up. However, it does beg the question: you've got a world long distance champ, and you've got your top eighteen, or how many is it? Uh, Thirty six athletes, yeah. eighteen, eighteen. They're racing on Saturday. Is it really a world champs? But let's be honest, that race has never been a world champs. It hasn't. You know, yeah. you've had a couple of legends win it, but you know they kind of turn up at the end of their career and just win it. It's it doesn't really have prestige. No, but it has got reasonably good money. It's hundred thousand euro, yeah. which is as much as most Ironman races, except for maybe some of the regional championships. So it's, we, it's worthwhile going. And you know, there's not going to be that many good people there. Yeah. So I've got a reasonable chance of going there. So I, I guarantee you have the likes of. Um, 
Kyle Smith and people like that uh, that will be turning up. Emma Pallant Brown. Hopefully, no, it's, it's a good payday. Um, yep. And and also, fingers crossed, somebody's injured. Mm. Yeah. So there's no prize money at this event. It is based. There's a lot of money, 1.5 million dollars, but it's not performance-based money. Uh, it is based on where you go into this event with your rankings. So first place uh, going into the rankings. I'm not sure if it's Blumenfeld or Eden at the moment, um, but they're going to get ninety thousand. Probably Eden, isn't it? Because he won the. Yeah, you, you, we can look that up in a second. Okay. Uh, so first place goes 90, then 80, 70, 60, and then it, so it's the, the breakdown sort of starts to reduce all the way down to the last qualifiers are getting $20,000 for, for turning up. So when you think Hayden Wild, he must be the, the lowest ranked athlete because he does not have a ranking, so he'll be the last one. Uh, so he's still getting $20,000 for turning up. So pretty much worth your while for, for doing that. Um, but it does beg the question, and we ha- saw this happen last year, and this is not being nasty to anybody at all, is if you are not in great shape, are you still going to turn up and race, even though you're going, oh, I'm going to be the weak leg here, yeah. I'm going to get beaten, but hey, it's really good prize money here, and so I do not judge anybody that turns up there that is not in great shape. Well, it's just to money, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, a, one, isn't it's it? a tricky one, because I can't remember what was wrong with Daniela Reef last year, if that was just a race day incident. Um, yeah, she's not 16 minutes slower than Taylor Nib, no. uh, and, and, and nor is Teresa Adam, but they clearly had um, some reasons why they weren't able to perform. Uh, so that's the one little challenge here, when none of it is performance-based, Mm, okay, so just going to the pro rankings, Blumenfeld is Blumenfeld is number one, Eden second, Langer third, Magnus Dieblev, and then Lionel Sanders is fifth in the men's and top four all Europeans. Yeah. Females, uh, we've got Reef, Haag, Philip, um, Matthews, and Taylor Nib. So again, top four all Europeans. <laughs> Makes those automatic picks uh, pretty easy. So in terms of the lineups this year, um I'll, I've, i I I think I got these uh roughly based off their rankings, but if you go to the top-ranked Europe internationals in USA, first up we've got Reef versus Finlay versus Nib. That would be an interesting race because all those three are probably the three strongest bike riders in the sport at the moment, Uh, and I think they'd probably come out of the swim together. Who would you put your money on? Well, Taylor Nib hasn't. She's only raced once this year, from memory, the Oceanside 70.3, which she won. But I don't recall seeing her name. Oh, she's still high up the points in. Uh, she's still got f- points from last year. Oh, okay. So it's your best three, I guess, over a calendar year. Yep. Uh, that is a hard one to pick. If they're all on form, if, I can't, you can't really pick it. You'd, I'd probably lean towards Taylor Nib. Um, That's a question. Paula Finlay, if she's firing on the run, she didn't fire on the run in, at, the, at the PTO race. Daniela Reef is a bit up and down. Oh, that would be an amazing here's, race. Here's a question, and I get the answer is going to be no, but should it be just you, you, where you rank you race? Uh, like, I love the dynamic of the picking, and it makes it interesting. Mm. But like as you say, that's an awesome race, and you're yeah. not going to see them against each other, are you? I don't know. Who knows? They, they might do it. Yeah, I, I don't. It would be interesting. But I, the, the whole tactical game is yeah, I like, interesting I, I, as well. I like it. Don't get me wrong. But as you like that race there... Mm. How, how would, and, you know, and then you go down the field and all the matchups are pretty cool matchups, aren't they? Yeah, so number, I think number two's are, uh, Laura Phillip, uh, Ashley Gentle and Sky Monch. 
I'd probably pick Ashley Gentle there on the internationals um, if she raced like she did at Canada. Next up, you've got uh, Kat Matthews, uh, Tamara Jewett and Chelsea Sodaro. Um, based off current form, I'd probably go Sodaro over Kat Matthews just. Um, Tamara Jewett, if she's anywhere near them after the bike, is going to run them down. Uh, next up, you've got Anne Haug versus Ali Salthouse versus Jackie Herring. You'd probably go Anne Haug there. Uh, next up, um, you got, this would be an amazing yeah, match. Yeah, this is the thing. Uh, this one. Uh, Nicholas Berg versus Duffy versus Sarah True. Um, and so what you're going to see there is you'd see probably see Sarah True and Flora. Sarah True probably hang on to Flora Duffy just in the swim, but they'd have a good lead over Spurig, um, but where the Spurig could sort of uh, ride back up. And I just think Flora Duffy would just annihilate. She's going to annihilate anybody she goes up against. Oh, really? Yeah, she's absolutely going to smoke it. Uh, and then the last round, uh, you've got Holly Lawrence, um, Lopez and Watts, and that's quite an interesting one because you've got a sort of a fantastic swimmer in Lopez. Uh, Holly Lawrence is even across all three, and then you've got Watts, who's a great runner. I'd be tempted to say Lopez in that one there. Um, okay, so so yeah, that's really interesting. If, if they did have the rule that you just you race where you're ranked, that would be really fascinating. We get that it doesn't happen, but those would be the races that we have. So let's look at the men's race. Now, how about this? Oh, but yeah, okay, this is probably not so good on the men's side, is it? No, so yeah. you, um, you go um, tops, uh, you go Blumenfeld. Well, it's just because the European is so dominant. Yeah, Blumenfeld versus Sanders versus Hansen. Um, Blumenfeld. Blumenfeld. Uh, second, you got Eden versus Curry versus Sam Long. Eden. Eden. Then it starts to get interesting. Yeah. Uh, then you got Langer versus Newman versus Von Berg. Actually, sorry, can I go back? Who you, what's your one, two, three in the first two? In terms of fastest times. No, no, no. So Blumenfield, Sanders, Hanson, would you pick that? Uh, you go Blumenfield, Sanders, Hanson. Then yep. you go Eden, Eden, Curry. Long, Curry. Okay. Over 70.3 distance. Uh, and then next up, you've got Langer versus Newman versus Von Berg. I'll probably go Von Berg, Langer, Newman, just. Newman goes pretty good when he's on fire. Uh, I think he got ninth maybe at the 70.3, uh, the, the PTO race in Canada. Um, but Von Berg is a great 70.3 athlete, although he has been, he did Ironman, and I think he might have been injured after that. He was injured because that's why he didn't, he's injured or sick, that's why he didn't do the Canadian race. Okay. Um, next up, you've got Ditlev versus Laundry versus Leiferman. Um, you'd probably go Ditlev just based off his road form. He was just on Fire there. Uh, next up, Backingard, Royal, and Canute. Could be an interesting one if Royal could keep up with Backingard in the bike. Well, both Canute and Backingard are good on the bike, and they had a, a good little tussle last year. If it comes down to the run, you'd put money on Royal. He might get dropped on the bike. But if he can keep up, that could be really interesting. Mm. And then the last one would be Laidlow, Hayden Wild, oh, and no West. And you'd Laidlow, if, if it was to do that, Laidlow could get away in the swim from Hayden Wild, and then he showed he was biking fantastically well at the PTO race. And so if he got a few minutes on Wild, um, he'd have a chance if he could run really, really, really well. But if Hayden Wild takes to takes to this race, you know, to duck to water, uh, he could beat anybody in this entire field. How much of a risk is Wild? Huge. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's uh, it's a big risk, but definitely a risk you've got to take. You know, you're there to win. You're not there to sort of make up the, the numbers. And, yeah, but I would I would be putting him, him up against um, either Blumenfeld or Eden. Possibly, no, I'd, I'd put him up against either of them. 
Okay, so points-wise, for each of the 12 races, the winner is awarded three points, second place gets two points, and third place is awarded one point. In addition, athletes will be awarded bonus points of half half a point for every two-minute margin by which they beat their opponents in the respective race. As John was kind of saying, with the maximum of 1.1 to 1.5... Is it 1.5 for the margin of victory if it exceeds six minutes, mm. which which I'm debating. <laughs> uh, interesting looking at last year's races. The five six pointers are the ones who that did re- do to do the most damage. So. Because yeah, you say Lionel Sanders. He raced really really well. Got third. Got got three points for the internationals. But it was it was a close race. So he got three. Sebastian Keenlay got two, and Starkowitz got one. So for for the internationals and the Americans, I think to have a chance here, they've got to have some big scoring events like Braden Curry just about did the perfect job in his his match he got five and a half points because he beat out Matt Hansen by five six five minutes and 16 seconds yeah. um, and Patrick Langer was further back uh, he was 644 back but, but interestingly Braden Curry's time was the slowest winning, winning time winning time so the, the 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 least impressive race yeah but he still got big points you know he nearly well, got not double he the least impressive race but it was the least impressive race overall they nearly got double the points of say a Lionel Sanders when are they doing the picks they do only do them maybe two days before the race yeah okay yeah well, now some things about the race so one one of the feedback we got last year was that the pros loved it mm-hmm. they absolutely loved it, the team yeah. thing you know they loved the camaraderie the, you know, the aspect of it. Um, it was more interesting. The racing was closer than I think a lot of us were expecting it to be in terms of the Americans were leading early on because you got Taylor yeah, Nibb. Right. Taylor Nibb won a race. Katie Zaveris got second in hers and then Jackie Herring got first in hers and then Sky Munch got second. So the, the, the Europeans were sort of flailing a little bit there. And then uh, Emma Pallant-Brown, who's not on the team this year, uh, she took a win, Kat Matthews took a win, Jan Fredino took a win, Gustav Eden took a win, and by that stage it was just about all over Rover. Um, Lionel Sanders came back with a, to win in his one. Then Daniel Beckengard uh, sort of put the final... Nail in the coffin, winning uh, his race. It was a good. It was a good. Uh, a good lineup against Ben Canute, though. And then just to, for a bit of pride, we had Braden Curry take out match eleven, and Jackson Laundry take out match number twelve, which was a really good race against uh, Joe Skipper. So shame Joe Skipper's not there. He, he's. We know how awesome he is at iron distance race. We saw what he did in the sub seven, sub eight um, event, yeah. and he was brilliant there. And this but, is this is one of the downfalls of the Collin Cup. Yeah, because he should be at a race like this. Well, he's not the fa- he's not fast enough, but you know at this distance. But yeah. iron distance, he iron distance, he, you know, he is. Yeah, you know, like if the, if the PTO is about helping long distance athletes, mm-hmm. is there another race they put on that's long distance focused? Uh, they're they're looking at considering that for next year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of Kona. <laughs> Get rid of Kona. Well, let's say they put on, let's say they put two million on the same weekend as Kona. Mm. Yeah. So look, I'm, um, I'm pretty excited about this. So, but, but but you're not going to get up at eleven at night. No, I'm not. I'm not going to watch it through through the night. However, the planning has already happened. Hamish Wall, uh, Hamish, I don't hit the wall. Um, <laughs> Great is uh, I've mentioned him last night. He said oh, I've got to do the London PRL. 
froze on him last time that he did it and he didn't oh. get to, to click that. So for non-Zwifters, the London PRL is the longest ride in Zwift. It's 170 something kilometres long. Six hours? Uh, yeah, kind of depends what sort of what sort of speed you are, sort of anywhere from five to seven hours. Um, and it froze on him. And I had the same problem the first time I did it. I, I got booted out. How far into it were you when you got booted out? A long way in. Yeah. Oh, that um, sucks. And I came back in and completed it. But didn't didn't take it off. I have done it done it since. However, so what we're going to do is get up early on Sunday morning yep. and just watch it delayed coverage and just do a long trainer session. Don't check anything. I oh, know I'm good at that. Yeah, I was teaching a class at the gym on Sunday and of the All Blacks, bloody hopeless All Blacks at the moment. And um, a guy comes up to me. He goes, Bevan, because I often comment on the sport in my class. And he goes, Bevan, I don't want to hear nothing about the All Blacks when I haven't watched the game. Yeah, and I felt like I'm going to him, mate. Don't. <laughs> but I didn't. Yes, yeah, so no, I'm definitely getting up. If it was just, if it was not quite that late, I, like I wouldn't mind getting up at four or something to watch it. Yeah. But when it's eleven o'clock no, till probably yeah. till sort of probably three, it's like mm, no, I'm going to pass on that. Uh, but yeah, genuinely very excited about this. You know, uh, am I more excited about it than Kona? It's on a it's on a pretty level peg because there's quite a bit of unpredictability here. It could be a complete debacle in terms of the Europeans just crushing it and it's all over Rover very quickly um, but if a few things you know swing the right way you know if Finlay wins if Gentle wins um, and if Duffy wins you know the internationals got a chance I think the Americans have got zero chance um, but the internationals we've got enough there to, to make it interesting um, especially you know and again you look down the boys side you go Sanders he could do anything Curry, haven't seen him race for quite a while and he's not as good over the half distance as he is over the full. Uh, and Newman and Laundry not quite at the level of some of those athletes. But Aaron Royal and Hayden Wilde could both win their matches. So potentially on the internationals, you've got potentially three wins on the boys there and potentially three on the, the females as well. So they could give them a bit of a tickle up. The Americans, I'm not seeing a lot of winning races there. You know, Sam Long could potentially um, win his match. You know, he's is a brilliant 70.3. Rudy Von Berg maybe, um, depending on who he gets lined up against. And possibly, and you'd think Taylor Nibb, if she's on top form, she's she's good. And and maybe Sarah True as well. But, yeah. Here's a question, John, which is kind of random. Because I'm good at random questions. Is there a future where Ironman loses pro races other than, like, four races? Uh. I think there'd be more than four, but I definitely think there's. You know, because you know, we we're talking a little bit. Was it last week or today? Last week about mm. um, not having pros at races. The races seem to sell pretty well, mm. you know, and and they're probably going. You know what? Let's put if PTO are doing our job, almost doing our job for yeah, us. Yeah, and and we put on four races a year where we put a million bucks at each race. Mm. Get rid of all the other pro races. You know, they'll, they'll probably save money, mm. you know, because I'm not sure what the total spend, what's the total spend on pro? We did it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's five million. Yeah. You know, so if, you, if they go, let's put on five races and, you know, you put four million over those, or four at four million. It'd be good to see four big races and then maybe four development races. You know, you need yeah. to keep supporting those development athletes so yeah, you that, need that a are pathway. coming through, so there's a pathway. But yeah, there, I think there is a potential where this is going to be a win-win situation where, yeah. I mean, don't get completely cut out of it. Um, yeah. yeah. Exciting times. Now, what do we want to see from the coverage this year? So last year, the, you know, there's a fair amount of rightly pointed criticism of the coverage, you know. I think some of us thought it was going to just be off the charts with bloody mics and all this sort of stuff in there. I guess what I want to see is you kind of need 
you're going to need at least six cameras out there, follow, you know, one following each match. Mm. You've got six female matches. You've got to have six cameras. You've got to have a camera on every race, uh, and then hopefully they'll be able to quickly double round and, and do the males. But if they don't do that, it's going to be a bit bitsy, and then you're just going to get this randomness. The other thing I think they really need is to have some triathletes in the production team that are going to be telling the production crew what the hell's about to happen so they yeah. know if they, you know, the top athletes, if they're looking at something, they're going to go, he's about to break. That, 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 that rubber band is about to break. Got to stay on that match there. Any second now, something's going to happen. Whereas if you just got a regular director, they might not quite be able to see those nuances. Yeah. Um, so I think they need I think the that. sets was one thing that people wanted more of, wasn't it? Yeah. You're not going to get power meters, power meters and all that sort of stats, but we want to see really clear kind of live feed live feed yep. right you know you, you can be you can come and go if whenever you want boom the match you're going to know what's going on in each match very mm. very quickly you probably can't have tw- a table of 12 matches but you're going to have you know probably a, six matches all the female matches at once and you're going to know exactly what's happening at any one time and they should be able to do that on a course like that which is you know there's no traffic on there it's the same course last year isn't it i, I don't know about that. But um, it's going to be very similar, yeah, yeah. but it's pretty easy to put timing mats down, so you should be able to. I to want, get you just want drama. Stuff. Like last year, those two girls beating each other in the swim. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, like that's what we just want. You, you know, we want drama moments. Mm. And when you got six races happening or twelve races happening, you're kind of thinking there's got to be some drama moments. Now, admittedly, in triathlon, it's not. You know, you're drums. watching time trials. Yeah, yeah, you are watching TTs, but yeah. Uh, yeah uh, <laughs> I don't think it was terrible last year. I, I, I question is it a, a sellable spectator mm. sport, but um, I'll be watching it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. going to be exciting times. Go the internationals, and you don't wish misfortune on anybody, but it'd be nice if you're Lots of Europe- tires for the Europeans. Nice to see a few Europeans uh, completely detonate. <laughs> okay, let's go into coaches <laughs> corner. corner. We've got an email through from James the Red Rocket. What's his last name? Uh, James the Red Rocket Thompson. Thomas. Thomas. Um, it's just got James Red Rocket here. I've got, I totally went blank. So he's just talking about dealing with the heat pre and during the race. So he's No, he's not sending this. So this is me coming up with this content, Bevan. Oh. Uh, so James James said he he puts no, ice. No, but he was asking the question. Oh, and he didn't ask the question. He, okay. he gave us his, his, his advice on. Okay. He puts ice down his pants. He did that during it's Ironman a, Canada. But he's not even training. Yeah. Sorry, he wasn't even training, yeah. Uh, and Ironman Canada is coming up this weekend. It's making a return to Penticton. Now, we have pre-recorded this show. Um, when I, I've got a couple of athletes that are racing there, and when I looked at the weather this week, it was like, holy shit balls! That could be toasty. It often can be toasty, but it was like 37 degrees or something there this week. So I thought dealing with some heat... Um, pre and during the race, a few tips for you guys that have got some hot races coming up and just to help with your planning process because it's part of it is going to be you know mental preparation, part of it's going to be you know doing some training in the heat, but trying to make sure that you do everything you can to make it as comfortable as possible and so you have a great race. So if you're doing Ironman Canada, Ironman Canada this weekend, if it's going to be hot, get your pen out, take some notes down now. Okay. Um, I'm just getting my pen. Get your pen. Not doing the race, but I've got to get a pen. In terms of your preparation, that's already done. So put your put your pen down for a moment. Okay. Because okay. that's done. Okay. If, you have, if you haven't done that yet, you're kind of stuffed. But in terms of some preparation things you can do, maybe if you're doing Kona, 
pick up your pen again and uh, get ready. So with your training, <laughs> I kept picking up. Yeah, good. You qualified this year. You got one of those roll down <laughs> yeah, spots. Exactly. Yeah, you did. Like, races. No one did, turned up. You're sixteen fifty nine. Anybody want to slot? Yeah, oh, Bevan. Yes, there you go. <laughs> got got <my> Ben. <laughs> uh, so with your training, it's for most of us, a lot of people. It's really convenient just to get up in the morning on say a Saturday or Sunday get your training done, get it done dusted in the morning. But what you really need to be doing, especially on the bike, is making sure you're doing some of your running in the heat of the day. So if you're in a family situation, that might require, might require a bit of you know negotiation. negotiation. <laughs> and it might be, okay, I want to run between 12 and 3. Have a chat to your partner and figure out, okay, I'm still going to get up at 6 and do whatever you want me to do up until about 12 o'clock and then I'll be free again after Hopefully your partner wants you to sleep until... Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. Well, then you've got the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, so you need to do some of your training and I'm as guilty as this as anybody because I really like to get my stuff done and dusted at the weekend but you've got to do some of those uh, those key sessions, especially running in the heat. Uh, the other thing you can do with your preparation is to do some sauna work. Now, rather than... go just going to the sauna separately a really good way to do that is to combine it with another session so you swimming's usually the easiest because the sauna is going to be at the pool so do your swim session boom go straight into the sauna um, don't drink anything um, while you're in there um, do your sauna and then come out and then slowly start to rehydrate and I should do a section on that um, independently at some stage because there is some some reasonably good research um, sort of backing that up and then um, the other thing you can do with your preparation so you, all of you can pick your pens back up now oh, okay. uh, <laughs> is just a plan ahead for your race day so it's great it's going to be hot what do you mean well that's we'll we'll go into that in a second but it's like you'll be all be looking at the weather forecast going it's really we're going to be hot and you just go shit it's going to be hot but actually starting to go it's going to be hot i'm going to do x y and z and we'll start to go into that now so don't just go into it blind so pre-race what you want to be doing um if you're doing an ironman or even a half ironman have a think whether you really need to be doing a warm-up. You know, what's the point of you doing a warm-up before a race? Most of the time, it's these days, it's going to be a rolling start. So you don't need that explosiveness to get off the line and get into a, into a good group. You're going to be at a, going in a pretty aerobic effort. So the way that I generally view warm-ups is, is purely as a nerve-reducing um, activity. So I'm thinking, I'm doing a warm-up. It's going to help me get rid of some of my nerves um, rather than actually thinking you need to be doing a long warm-up because you're going to get that by easing into your swim for most people. This is a different story if you're a pro, but really, if you're going and doing a warm-up, you're getting your core temperature up quite a bit already. Um, so have a think whether you really need that. Um, pre-race, freeze your drink bottles, um, but you need to work out your defrosting times. So if you're freezing your drink bottles going into Kona, it is not a problem. They're going to be defrosted by the time you're out on the yeah. bike ride. Other races, if it's going to be really hot, maybe it's not going to get hotter till later in the bike ride. you just got to be careful that you don't end up without uh, without any liquids because your drink bottles are still frozen. But frozen drink bottles are absolutely fantastic. Um, this would be definitely be something that I'd be considering um, pre-race if I was at another hot event is consider having a frozen drink bottle in T2 and putting that into like an insulation bag so when you come off the bike um, you would be in T2 
and you'd have an ice cold drink to take out with you for the first sort of uh, number of first few k's of the run. It would mean you need to obviously carry that bottle, um, and you'd need to be really careful that you've tested again that your bottle is going to be defrosted. But if you had it frozen, you put it in an insulated bag, you put it in in, um, in your T2 bag. If you can hand that T2 bag in on race day, a lot of cases you might not be able to do that. But if you could, and you can have a cool drink when you take off for that run, um, big big advantage. And then think about your clothing choices um, uh, if it's going to be a hot day. You know, in Kona, being protected from the sun, it's almost always sunny over there, yep. is a big and one. And exposed. Exposed, yeah. yeah. Might not be the same elsewhere in the world, um, but a lot of people put on arm coolers, uh, so then you can keep them nice and wet all the way through. Also protects you from the sun. Um, when I've raced in Kona, um, both the 70.3 and the Ironman, in the past I used to wear a, like a long sleeve um, bike jersey. It was a cooling jersey as well, but again that protects you from the sun. So you, you've got that trade-off. You're going, I'm going to be getting marginally hotter by wearing a long sleeve, but I'm not going to be getting burnt at all. And I can keep that cool because if you've always got some water on board. So I found that to be really effective. Plus, it was really, really aero. So have a little think about your clothing choices um, and weighing up sun protection versus keeping yourself cool. Um, when it comes to in the race, um, we've talked about this quite a bit in the past before, but basically have a plan and think about all the different things you can do to keep cool. So firstly, be preemptive by cooling as much as possible from the very first aid station. So even in Kona, the first aid station, it's not crazy hot because it's still pretty early in the morning. And Ironman Canada, not that I've done it, but if, if we were talking about an Ironman New Zealand race and if for some reason it was forecast to be some crazy temperature, it's still not going to be that hot first up but what you want to do is try to stay cool for as long as possible so at that first aid session if it's going to get hotter later on you want to be just getting your core temperature down as much as possible so water over your head even from the get-go rather than waiting till it gets uh, really hot I've already said about starting with frozen drink bottles and when it comes to the run leg and I think I mentioned this once or twice before if you're doing a race which is directly next to a lake so this doesn't really apply to Kona um, but in Ironman Canada and maybe Montreal Blanc and I had somebody racing earlier this year somewhere else and I gave, I think it was at um, Coeur d'Alene, that's by a lake as well. Okay. If it's really hot, way up whether you want to go and jump in the lake um, mid-course. Now if you're on a really tight... Do people actually do it? Uh, if you're a mid, mid know, to back packer, you could, but do people actually do I it? I haven't witnessed anybody, many doing You hear the odd story, but I would say that's very, very isolated. Yeah. But you just want to weigh it up Going and jumping in the lake because you've got to, you know, really you've got to take your shoes off. Yeah, you've got to take your shoes off, yeah. um, and you've got to practice that leading up to the race because taking your shoes off and putting them back on when you're in deep level of fatigue, the risk of cramping is a bit high. So it's just something to consider if you're a mid to back of the packer and you know you're going to be struggling with the heat. It might be something to consider jumping into that lake. Um, take your time going in and out. But yeah, if you're if you're on a schedule where you're trying to do a sub nine or a sub ten, doing that probably the cost benefit is not yeah. quite worth it yeah. but if you're somebody that's going to be out there for say 13 14 15 hours a couple of minutes off there might might make uh might might be worth it but there is that risk of cramping and the hassle of taking your shoes on and off and then the final tip would be um is to wear a cap over a visor as long as they're providing ice on the course so in kona um at the 70.3 and at ironman they have ice at all the aid stations you put ice in the cap put that over your head pour some water on and it just gives you that slow release and keeps you cool for quite a while and when you've got the aid stations that are often only a mile apart 
you pretty much can almost have a constant flow of ice. So by having a visor, you can't really do that. You can still do the James Thomas technique and shove it down your pants and your yeah. top and everything, um, but having it in your head really keeps that, that little noggin of yours nice and cool. What about when you're overheated, when you've gone too far? Well, that's the point. You've got to avoid that. Yeah, it's because it's, 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 it's all about this. But what, what's the straight? Oh, like John is right now. Yeah, I'm over here. Because the, the blankie's coming off. I've had the blankie on. We're doing three shows back to back today, and it was Arctic when I got here. Uh, and I had the big blankie. It's a very, very warm one, um, but I'm getting a little hot. If you are, and then it becomes damage limitation. If it's on the run, it's but what pretty, is the Is it just fluid and ice? and? Yeah. If it's on the run, it's pretty tricky. If it's on the bike, um, you're often going to see your heart rate starting to, to ramp up uh, and get a little bit out of control. And in that circumstances, if you've got some downhills, really trying to chill out and trying to get your heart rate down. I know we're talking about overheating, but they're kind of, they're kind of linked together. Yeah. So if you're on the bike, taking some time to yeah, freewheel down the downhill, get your heart rate down, get some water over your head, and that can make a nice difference. When it comes to run, yeah, it is damage limitation in terms of water over the head, ice in your hands. and you all those. Sorry? Would you go to walk run? Well, I'd be recommending you do walk run from the get go. Yep. Um, and so I wouldn't suggest changing that. But think about all the different areas where you're going to, the easiest areas to cool down. So in your hands, under your head, down your pants, if you can get anything onto your neck, which you, they won't really sit there, but you see some athletes running with those um, kind of sort of bandana yeah. type things with ice in them. So those are the areas that you want to be trying to cool down as much as possible. And also, yeah, again, thinking about your clothing choices. Again, this is if you know you're somebody that's you think you're going to overheat a bit, then uh, listen to next week's show as well, actually, because we're going to uh, or read the book. We're, we're a week ahead on that one. Um, yeah, basically just trying to do everything you can to keep things cool with ice. So one thing to talk about is also sunblock. Mm -hmm. You know, like get some, you know, make sure you stop, especially in a lot of like exposed like Hawaii, mm. you know, because if you're burning, mm -hmm. it's also getting heat in your body as well, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, so make sure you stop at transition and try to put, you know. Uh, well, I used to sunblock the night before and the morning of and then it kind of absorbs into your skin a bit. I haven't got any scientific proof for yeah, that. Yeah, never heard of that one but, before. Uh, but I generally did that, put it on the night before and, and yeah, I mean, I'll sleep, but Yeah, it can be. It's, it's a bit sticky on yeah. top, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, but even in, you know, like if you're trying to win the race, maybe you won't, you, you know, it's still, it's worth taking a, a minute in transition just to get enough sunblock mm. on, you know. Absolutely. Um, like if you've got good gear like John does where you kind of totally wrap up, it's not so bad, but if you are going to wear a pretty traditional tri-suit, um, definitely worth getting some sunblock on. Anything else to add there, John? No, that's it. So good luck if you're out there racing this weekend at Ironman Canada and also Ironman Mont Tremblant. Not traditionally crazy hot there, um, but is Ironman Canada this weekend? If Ironman Canada is next weekend, I'm getting confused. We're pre-recording, so it might be the week after. You've got time to prepare anyway. Okay, John, you pull up the wing of the week because I've got a couple of questions and answers that we well we have pre yeah we have pre recorded this one so we're just gonna I'm just gonna randomly pick a wanger of the week this week uh, so my random number and we'll see if they've got a private account or not we'll give them some love even if they haven't um, but this was from the week before last and I'm gonna go number uh, sixty six let's see who number sixty six let's see if they're a triathlete to start with uh, they are. So Martin Hill, you are our wanger of the week. Nice. You did 14 hours and 54 minutes of training, 2 hours and 25 minutes of swimming, 8 hours and 19 minutes on the bike, and 4 hours and 10 minutes on the run. So good work. 13 different activities from Sydney, Australia. And yeah, he's had... We've some, some weeks we have these athletes that are just 
consistent as hell and you just see the you see the graph and they are just absolutely cranking it every single week um martin he is um up and down a bit a bit of periodization going on there by the look of it because uh so it looks like he's often got three weeks on then has a really easier week um so we're going to give martin the benefit of the doubt from some some nice periodization nice there you go okay i can't actually get in i've got a new computer john have you yeah that's what you i didn't notice that a macbook nice yeah Pro 2, whatever, M, M2 Pro. Um, no, not a Pro, just the, the, M, the ear M2. It's good, it's good. I needed it, my one was dying. But um, but I can't log into Strava because I, I can't log into Facebook. Right. So, uh, I'll, I'll figure it out, but I just figured it out today, so I can't be much help with you. Okay, so what's his name? Uh, his name was Martin Hill from Sydney, Australia, but is Zwifting in there as well. Oh, he's cranking in there. He's going 283 watts. He must be doing a... Uh, a race, I reckon, but uh, powerful, 52 kilometres an hour. Excellent. Nice work, Martin Hill. You are our winner, winner of the week. week. I think we need to do a high five. I'm going to make one on the spot. Okay. Okay. If you could go back in time mm-hmm. and meet the 18-year-old you, mm-hmm. what would be the five things you'd tell yourself? Oh, God. Hey. I hate things like this. Well, you're going to have to do it. Stupid. Five things you'd... <laughs> 18 year old yeah come on you must have some wisdom you want to share with yourself um, you, you kick off Bevan okay I would say buy property buy property <laughs> save and buy property money. well come on if you yeah. know if you invest when you're 18 yeah that is one of the best lessons of, my life is this I've done well investing I'm not with millions and millions of dollars but I've done well investing and the reason I did well I started young, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the you know it's the most important lesson you can teach your kids around money is good budgeting, put some money aside, learn to invest, and invest young. Buy buy some. My number one would be buy some Bitcoin when it comes out. Yeah, but that's a bit of a risk. Buy and and sell. Buy and sell. <laughs> okay, no. sell it when it was <laughs> and like a give million them the dollars. date. <laughs> the date when they sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin's a funny one. I don't want to open it. Bitcoin, I imagine, it seems to me there's a really good podcast I listen to called Rational Reminder, which is the, these mm-hmm. really good investors, guys, and they're real, real mm-hmm. science kind of investors. Mm-hmm. And I've just done a series on Bitcoin. I don't know if I'd put my money into Bitcoin. Yep. Yeah, I know, uh, too, would be um, probably read a bit more science based uh, oh, yeah. stuff because, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially on the mental side of things. Yeah. You know? uh, but that sage. Uh, I'd probably say treasure friendships more. Mm-hmm. I think when I went through my twenties, I went so much about growth and mm-hmm. achieving things that I neglected friendship a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that was an important lesson that probably reinforce. Here, here I got another one. Yeah, learn my weaknesses. Right. Yeah. You know, like when I think of my life, often I learn weaknesses after a failure. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think of the relationship one. You know, like when I broke off Annalise. It was the first time, and then I thought, I need to get better at relationships because something's gone wrong. So then I did some reading, and I you know, did some really good reading. And, it, and as I was reading, I was like, oh, my God, I'm the guy who's the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so then from that, I was able to, to develop skills in an area. And I often think that sometimes actually just having a process in your life where it's going, where's the weakness right now, without mm-hmm. even to have the failure. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good way to develop yourself. Uh, record every race uh, race report on oh. every race that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think Melina might have done that. Some, every some race he's done. 
uh, I, th- I think it, I, I, you hear some people that have done that. I think like Emma Carney, I think she was one. Yeah, she was, she was um, quite anal, wasn't she? So that would be good. I remember a lot of races. There's a lot I don't remember as well. Uh, it just, especially these days on the internet, you've got a bit of a record. You've got at least you've got the, the yeah, digital record, you can go um, so I can go back and see what it did. But I'd love to know what I was doing for times when I was sort of. Just know when was your absolute peak? I've got a pretty good idea of mine. When yeah. was that? Uh, 20, no, 2019, yeah. Your absolute peak, your best ever, was yeah. that when you wrote? Uh, no, no, that was, no, not 20, no, 1999, sorry, 1999. 1999. Uh, in terms of that, was my fastest. I don't know if that, you know, that was that was definitely the best period of my career. Um, so yeah, writing down all the results would have been good. Probably stretch more. Yes, lots of debate about that. <laughs> lots of debate about that. I, I'm with you for that, um, but there's lots of debate about that. Uh, What's one thing you hope your kids understand? Ah, shit, mobile phones. Ah, uh, get off your bloody phone. Is that, is that, is that, is that, is that, ah, it's, I guarantee just about every parent listening to this is absolute nightmare well it's not even just parents it's often us yeah you know like it's, let's be honest shocking. we're all guilty of it yeah you know like it's a, it's, a, it's an effort not to have your phone mm. absolutely hate my phone um that's an initial comment isn't it yeah i hate it yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i'd be happy to throw it away um do you need it you don't have a landline no one rings you yeah no not many people ring me uh so it's a really good question do you need it like for me, what do I use? Podcasts. Hmm. That's my number one use. Listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like I've always got my ears on when I'm working. Um, check my emails way too much. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good, but like I, and I, I, what I've done one thing I've done recently is really good. Is just like don't have your phone in the lounge at night. Mm-hmm. Don't take your phone in the bedroom at night. So I've got the, I've done mm-hmm. some really good boundaries around just not having it around, so you don't have the option. Because like last night. We went to, um, uh, we did an interview last night mm-hmm. and then I always like my hot drink and my coffee and I can't go to sleep until I've kind of had it. So, mm-hmm. and it was kind of 8.40 by the time we finished and Joe had gone to bed. So I thought I'll stay up and watch one of my favorite league. There's kind of a panelist league show, which I like. So I watched that till 9.30 and I had my phone in our second lounge mm-hmm. and um, and normally I don't. Mm-hmm. And the amount of time I'm watching TV and just picking up, just mm-hmm. looking at the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fascinating, isn't it? Um, another one, uh, learn to be more proficient with my bike in terms of bike mechanic sort of stuff, so being a bit more self-sufficient in that area. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm hopeless. But does Absolutely it matter? hopeless. Sorry? Does it matter? Oh, there's lots of things I could do that I, that, that um, and just looking after the, your bike a lot better. Um, I'm not very good at looking after things. No, no. <laughs> I am the same. <laughs> Remember my, I remember Gordo giving me shit. <laughs> it's like, have you ever put oil on your chain? I was like, oil, what's that? <laughs> See, I must have done five by now. There you go. See, that gave us, that gave us, we're going to get the, oh, it's only three minutes. Okay, well, I've got John's swim set. I've got a couple of things to okay, come here up. We go. John's swim set. Uh, we, 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 we're basically, we, we're doing three shows in a row. I said, we're going to get to an hour. Yeah. So. John's swim set. This is what we did last week. So uh, we did 300 warm up, 300, where you're going 25, Kick, 25 drill, 25 free. Repeating that through a few times. 12 times 50, one build up, one 25 fast, 25 easy, and then one 25 easy, 25 fast. So a bit of pace variation there. 
And then one of our fellows, Tom, he's going to be going and doing a 70.3 in a few weeks' time. Yep. So we're doing a bit of, uh, I want to do a bit of race pace for him. So then we did four 400s moderately hard, which is, you know, just a little, about sort of half Ironman pace, maybe a fraction quicker. Uh, so we did those four 400s. And then we did uh, 200 easy, just to loosen off a bit. And then we did 10 25s, doing one butterfly and one sprint, doing them with about 10 to 15 seconds rest. Feedback on that was, where the hell do you think of this doing the stupid <laughs> butterfly um, before we're doing sprints? Uh, oh, I was battling on the butterfly. My butterflies are woeful. Uh, it's, and such a, it's such a hard movement, isn't it? Yeah. So full respect, we had a Kiwi who won the 200 fly at the Commonwealth Games. That is the ultimate. Can he go on to be an Olympic champion? Um, potentially, yeah. I mean, it's a very competitive sport, but yeah. he's, he's, he's pretty good. Um, but, but he's more mid somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, turn of fly is an insanely hard event because you, you're just on the river the whole time. Have, 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 when was the last time you swam turn of fly? I've done it on Epic Camp a few times. It is a battle. And that's I swimming. think we did it once, and I literally, like a drowning yeah. humping thing. There was bonus points for that. Yeah, I would have so done it. So that's, that's doing 200 metres survival butterfly. <laughs> to do 200 metres <laughs> racing it, Oh, it is hard. Survival butterfly. Oh, yeah. It is really hard. <laughs> so that was last week's uh, swim. And I've also got a swim motivation tip here. Here we go. This is a beginner parenting tip because I was having a chat to Hayden, uh, Hayden who's got a son that does uh, – No, that's Hamish. Uh-huh. Hayden Beatar. And he's, Hayden. he's got a son that does quite a bit of training with my Tom. And my Tom is absolutely hopeless at getting in the pool in the morning. Well, just like, d- d- takes forever to get in? Yeah. We will have done – Generally about 300 metres before he even gets in. What does he do? He turn up at the pool. He just piss farts around. He's teenagers. Yep. And so Hayden said the same thing with Ethan. So I said to Tom last night. Here we go. I said, if you get into the pool before me, I'll give you a bar of chocolate. Oh. <laughs> and Belinda said, wait on Tom, the, the goalposts are about to move. And I said, yeah, you've got to do it for two weeks. <laughs> and so this morning... He was a bar of chocolate, like a dollar, dollar bar of chocolate, no, like a full cake one, like that's okay. four or five bucks. Big <laughs> spin and you. And I said, you got to do that for two weeks. That's four swims. He's got to be in the pool for me. This morning, he was in the pool before me. Did the full session, although he did get out to go for a wee. I think he only missed 50 metres. Um, so food as a motivator can be quite effective for children who don't get a lot of treats much, in their life. How much money does he have? He's got a couple of grand. But the, the, how does he make money? Uh, he sold his Lego. Oh my oh, god, right. he made a killing he off that. that. Uh, and then he gets a tiny bit of pocket money each week. How much pocket money are you give him? Five bucks. Jeez, five <laughs> five. <laughs> Our kids are great. They don't spend any money. Five bucks, nothing to do. <laughs> Have you not heard about inflation recently? <laughs> <laughs> so if they want to make, no, you make, make it twenty. No, they've got to do some work. They don't. Our kids are, don't do anything. Don't do anything around the house. Not as much. If as you they. did it, if you did it, jobs they get paid for. Would they do them? Uh, occasionally, Thomas is better than Felicity, so it changes. Because because I thought my daughter was going to be a hopeless adult, mm. she was hopeless, mm. and she's turned into a bit of a tidy freak. Mm. You know that does change. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, food motivates children that don't get a lot of treats in their <laughs> life. How <laughs> often you let me have chocolate? Uh, not that frequently. Wow. Yeah. Do you think there'll, there'll be an adverse effect? No, no. They they, they eat a lot of food. They they. Amazing eaters. No, but like, because I remember when I went to university, so I left, I'm trying to give some minutes here, but I left school at 15, total failure, drugs, alcohol, the rest of it. Then I turned my life around and I went to university at 20, I think, or maybe even mm-hmm. 21. And I remember going to university and you got these kids who had lived quite strict lives. Yeah. Quite, no, I don't even know if they were strict, probably just good parenting. Mm. <laughs> um, and, but they got to university 
and floodgates were open and oh my God, mm. they had, you know, and, and I imagine a lot of those people went on to have bad behaviours for the future because yeah. it's an interesting moment in your life to kind of learn bad behaviours. Mm-hmm. Whereas I kind of learned bad behaviours earlier, which is probably also bad, but I was over it by the time I was 18, 19 mm. or maybe 20. But, and I remember just looking at these people going, man, you guys, you guys have no idea, yeah. you know? And so... You've got to have the education behind it and so the kids know what's healthy and what's not healthy and sort of the implications and stuff. Yeah. And I guess in our case, both of them have got some few little food allergies and stuff. So oh, now if they have that, it's like, that's not going to end well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Well, okay. I think I think we should have a, a vote. Mm-hmm. Should Thomas and Felicity get $20 pocket money a week? Well, that's going to go about as well as your vote for telling me to do the same swimsuit every week. That's not that's not happening. I didn't even put that to the committee because oh, I thought I reckon, it would be overruled. I'm, I'm just curious to see, as a science experiment, mm. I'm just curious to see, will you actually get better results? Yeah. Same session. Yeah. Every, every week. For, bit, for, of, bit of progression. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you would with a running program. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm just kind of curious. Okay, John, let's uh, wrap things up. So, uh, a few patrons. Say thank you to our patrons. Nadine Flower Power Voice. Um, I've accidentally got rid of the show notes. So you okay. Can. Uh, Leonard's uh, the gifted artist Monterio. That's a good nickname. And Adam the Big Schnozzle Bardsley. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Adam. That's all I'm going to say. Sorry. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.iamtalk.me. It's all very obvious. Just remember you're supporting the boys and what we do and getting the show out each week. If you get entertainment from us, you know, it's really cool if you could put some of your money our way. Also, you get a gift. You go into prize to win some cool, draw to win some cool prizes and all that rest of stuff. While you're there, you can also get the show emailed to you. Go to the front page down the bottom and the link's on there um, for some coaching CoachJohnnyson.com, you can also check out his Epic Camps. Which ones are coming up? Yep, we've got uh, Rote, when we recorded this, there's still one or two slots for that. Alp Duez Triathlon Camp next year. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And then we've got my podcast, Bevan James Isles, at um, dot .com. You can also get my book, I Will Make You Passion About Exercise, at passionaboutexercise.com as well. Uh, any content, age group of the week, webs of the week, all the rest of it, I am talk podcast at gmail.com. Go to Collins Cup this weekend, guys. Get in behind it. Support your support your athletes. Get involved in all the social media and the the build up. Get excited about it because uh, if they can make this an amazing event, it uh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Any other goals? That's it. Okay, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.